Welcome to Dollars and Cents. Our podcast is designed to provide listeners with financial advice in a language you can understand. Created and hosted by Mark Friedman, President and CEO at Friedman Financial, he discusses timely topics that help individuals and families make smart financial decisions. Count on lots of energy, candid discussion, and a few laughs. And now, here's your host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. It's time for another edition of Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. My name is Mark Friedman. I am your host, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Good, thank you. You know, you brought back the cold weather here. I did. I was away for a few days, went on a very short cruise um, out of Tampa, Florida to Cozumel and back. Um, it was warm on the Gulf of Mexico. Sounds good to me. But right? when I got back, it got cold again. Yeah, I know. I think it's supposed to warm up a little bit going forward, but we'll see. I'm hoping. And, you know, I don't know where you're listening from. I know that we have people that listen to this podcast, frankly, all around the world. So um, just know in, in New England, it's, it's still cold. pretty cold. <laughs> it, is, it is very cold here. You know, periodically, Marion and I um, go out to luncheons, to meetings, to conferences, etc., where we get the opportunity to listen to a lot of the economists, um, portfolio strategists, and, 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 you know, we rely on all of this independent information from a variety of sources um, to gather data such that we can make informed decisions going forward. Yeah, because most of these reports, the white papers, the economic outlooks, all that stuff that gets sent to us that sometimes even gets sent to you um, seems sometimes incomprehensible. Right. And it also comes with a lag. You know, I mean, you're talking, it's old information. Well, certainly the stuff that's printed. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you get it. And, and, you know, even this information that we might share today may come with a lag because here we are today on Wednesday. Right. And it's, we're doing this around uh, 10 o'clock this morning on Wednesday and the Fed meets at two o'clock today, right? And we'll know whether or not they're going to lower interest rates today. But honestly, our guess and for most People out there, most analysts, predict there will be no decline in interest rates right now. It, it, well, the Fed will not lower interest rates at this meeting. Yeah, and part of the information that we picked up yesterday, and we went to a meeting that was hosted by BlackRock. I know in other instances we've talked about J.P. Morgan, we've talked about LPL Financial, we've talked about a lot of different companies where we get information. The information we got from BlackRock yesterday made a guess on what the Fed would say at 2 o'clock. And their guess was is that the only thing that they would say is maybe that they're done raising interest rates. Correct. And they've not, they have alluded to that, but they haven't specifically said that's it. Um, So, you know, again, it's always informative and they're waiting to hear exactly what the chairman um, of the Fed, Powell, will, Jay Powell, will say this afternoon. Um, But there's not really that expectation that they could lower interest rates right now. And as a matter of fact, um, the person we listened to yesterday didn't even think that they were likely to lower in March, at their March meeting. She thought it would be after that. Yeah, she thought it might be even the May or the June meeting. Correct. But she also said, her name was Gargi. Gargi. I can't pronounce her last name. I believe, something like that, yeah. she suggested that there may be how many rate cuts this year, Mary? She thought there could be up to four rate cuts this year. And essentially, um, she's talking about four quarter point rate cuts. So that's uh, 
you know, one quarter of 1% rate. And so where are we right now? So right now, um, you know, the Fed target interest rate is 5.25 to 5.5%. And that's important because essentially um, the 10-year Treasury bond is priced off of those rates. And um, when you when you look at what the 10-year Treasury bond is, the reason that's important, whether or not you buy a 10-year Treasury bond, is that mortgages are priced off the 10-year bond. So, you know, as you might know, earlier this earlier in 2023 last year uh, mortgage rates at one point hit eight percent wow uh, you know that precluded a lot of people from buying homes and and remember i mean what two years before that it, it had been what 2.6 percent right. well 2. also 9%. think about that though so here's what's kind of interesting is right now we know how high home prices are right now right because demand for, for it, there's there's a high demand yet a low supply of houses. Well, think about this: if you're in your house right now and you want to sell it and move somebody else, if you have a mortgage, chances are that mortgage is in the two or three percent range, yes. or perhaps you already paid off your mortgage. And if you were to go buy another property right now, you'd be faced with perhaps having a mortgage of seven or so percent, six or seven percent. Right. And why would you want to do that? You'd say, you know what? I think I'll stay in my house for a little while longer until rates go down. That's right. It's amazing. You know, and that's why that's why you see that depressed supply of homes for sale. That's right. And that's the big problem in New England or in Massachusetts for sure. And pretty much everywhere. But Mass- yeah. you're right for Massachusetts. But if rates start to drop, yeah. And there's an indication and of rates going down. By the way, I do want to clarify: rates have dropped from that eight percent level. Mortgage rates are now in the high six percent level. Mm-hmm. So, because we did see a, a really, you know, the ten-year Treasury bond had hit five percent interest rate, and it's now down to about four point one percent. So there was a big decline in interest rates once the Fed. Um, assu- uh, we everybody assumed the Fed was done raising rates. So. So with a, a with an expected rate drop both this year and are they expecting further rate drops next year, Marion? They are, and as a matter of fact, Gargi indicated she thought rates would be at about three point five percent by the end of twenty twenty five. So remember, that's two years of rate cuts. So we're going from the five point two five to five point five percent range down to the three point five to three point seven five percent range over two years. So that generally puts mortgage rates in the high fours, low fives. Correct. And here, But here's the other part of that. Now remember, when the banks are pricing a mortgage or anyone's pricing a mortgage or a bond, and it's a 30-year mortgage, they're also looking out to see what are rates going to do over the long term. Right. You know, and so if rates have spiked, spiked in 2023, and then started to go down, and it looks like they're going to stay lower for a much longer period of time, those mortgage rates could come down a little bit faster than we might expect. But let's also talk about what the impact of a drop in interest rate means. So you're, you've you actually talked about if, let's say, the 10-year right now is at what, Marion? The 10-year is at 4.1%. All right, at 4.1%. If the 10-year dropped, let's say, um, four, it had a quarter point cut. Right. Four times. That would bring it, let's say, to 3.1, right? Right. 4.1 to 3.1. So let's try to explain to our audience why you make money on your bonds when interest rates drop. Because in 2022 and 23, when interest rates went up, 
people lost money on their bonds. Right. So let's try to help people understand in a financial advice, in a language you can understand, as to how they make money on bonds. So the, the best way I feel um, to explain this phenomenon, because it is correct, it's a mathematical relationship, um, but it also translates into supply and demand. So Mark, let's say that um, today you buy a 10-year treasury bond and it has a 4% rate of interest on it. Okay. okay? Pretty good deal, right? So that means I'm going to get interest, a 4% interest. Every year. Every year for 10 years. For, guaranteed. So if I buy a $10,000 bond. You put $10,000 in. I'm going to make $400 in interest. Every single year they will pay you. And this is a treasury bond, so it's guaranteed. Yep. Unless the federal government goes under. And, you know, I always tell people you're going to be worried about more than your money. So you get you give the government $10,000. They give you $400 every year, and at the end of 10 years, you get your $10,000 back. Okay, pretty good. Not bad deal, right? right? Okay, guaranteed. Well, let's say that in three years, you all of a sudden find, I need that money. I can't, I, you know, I want to buy a new car, and I need that $10,000 to buy the new car. Well, there happens to be a very active trading market for bonds just like stocks so you can go on the exchange the bond exchange and sell your bond so basically if i had used three years of my bond there's still year seven years seven of years interest left. payments at four years yep. right. so i'm looking to get my money back correct so now we're three years down the road we're in 2027 Ugh, yikes so in 2027 and interest rates on on seven-year bonds. Now, remember, you have a seven-year bond left. Right. Like you just explained. So interest rates on a seven-year bond are 3%. And I'm getting four. And you are getting four. So I'm going to want your bond. Right. Right? Don't I? I my, and everybody else is going to want your bond, too. Why go out and buy a new bond that's only going to give me 3% if I can take yours and it's going to give me 4%? Right. So the price gets bid up. So people are going to pay more for your bond because it has a, you're going to get the $400. So essentially what happens, the price adjusts so that that $400 will reflect what everything else in the market is doing. So it will be 3% of whatever somebody pays you. So maybe that's $11,000. All right, maybe you'll get a little bit more because... Correct. But the thing, but what's interesting, that's right. So you'll still get the same interest payment. You're still going to get that $400 every year. But someone who wants to buy it. that is going to be paying a little bit more for it from right. you. So let's say, though, you don't want to sell it and you still hold on to this investment. You don't want to sell it, but it's priced every day in the market so people can see what it's worth. Correct. And that's why on your statement, you will see the value of your account go up on a bond fund if your interest rate is more competitive than what the street is offering. That's right, exactly. And that's the same thing in reverse. So last year, um, when everybody saw that, or actually it was 2022 that we saw the worst of it, when bond prices dropped considerably, because remember, it works in a positive direction, it also works in a negative direction for you. So those bond prices went down. But what, you, what everybody fails to recognize is that sure this so now that bond again issued in let's say it was issued three years ago at a very low interest rate 
Nobody wants that low interest rate anymore of 2% because they can actually get 4%. Right. So nobody wants it or they're going to pay you a lot less for it. But you still have a guarantee of getting your $10,000 back from the government when it matures. Right. So the price can go up and down in the interim, but at either end, you And guarantee. so that's why in 2022 and 23, when people saw that their bond valuations were dropping, people said, oh, bonds are no good because they've dropped and they wanted to get out. We would strongly encourage people not to get out because it goes in waves. It goes both up and down. You, can, you will make your money back when the interest rates catch up to themselves and perhaps even pass with what you, what you bought. And you have already seen that happen at the, towards, the end of, towards the second half of 2023. Bond prices actually improved. So not, not hugely, but they did improve. And we should see a lot more improvement this year as the Fed cuts rates. All right, so we've talked a lot about bonds and interest yeah. rates, but I know you got a lot of other information that you picked up from what Gargi had to share. Perhaps you can share yeah. that with the rest of the group, Mary, and anything in particular, certainly I, from I, the stock market perspective? Absolutely. Well, so I think one of the really important factors that she spoke about yesterday that I think is of great interest to everyone right now is this is an election year. It is. And so, you know, one of the things that she thought in an election year, you know, honestly, she said, doesn't matter who gets elected, right? That Yeah, it's... And, you know, people sit and fret. They go, I can't believe that guy's going to get in the office. Are they going to keep this guy or do that? At the end of the day, who the person that gets in the office really doesn't matter. Correct. Now, it matters if you're in the middle of the country and perhaps you're in an industry that is subject, to, that has the potential to do very well if changes in government regulations were to work in your favor or against your favor. But I want you to think back in your situation living here in Massachusetts or wherever you might live, over the past five or six elections, has your life changed, been better or worse personally because of the president that was in office? And I don't think if you really look at it from yourself, there's really nothing that has made things better or worse for you. It's because of the job you might have had. You were able to, maybe there was someone who passed away in your family, there's usually a personal impact that has made your life better or worse, but it's not because of the president that was elected in office. Correct. And Gargi pointed out that it's really much more the uncertainty in the market. So she said in an election year, we, we could see a lot of volatility. I mean, not, not huge volatility, but certain amount of volatility up until the time of the election, then once we know who it is, again, you know, non-discriminatory, doesn't matter who got elected, but because we are certain of who it is, then we will see a much better positive stock market performance. And in virtually every election year, we've had a positive stock market. Yeah, we have, but that's that's not a guarantee of what's going to happen in the future. Of course not. But what happens here is, so let's say, for instance, so we have two candidates, and I think it's presumptive right now that it's going to be Biden and Trump running um, as the two leading candidates. Looks like Look, it. Looks that way, but, you know, who knows, of course. Correct. And the reality is, though, is that regardless of who gets in, Biden or Trump, her feeling is, is that what really matters 
is whether Congress stays split. Correct. And there are, as much as there is uncertainty as to who might win the presidential election, there is far more certainty or confidence, I shouldn't say certainty, far more confidence that no one party will own both the Senate and the House of Representatives. And the presidency. And the presidency. Yeah. So that's not likely to happen. And so when there is that lame duck period within a presidency where really not much can happen that's too extreme, markets actually like that. They do. They do. And because, again, not a lot changes. Right. And I think, you know, that that's, gives a certain level of certainty again to the market. And I will tell people from, a, from my own personal perspective and what I tell clients, we have to be very careful right now of what, something that's called confirmation bias. We all have our circle of friends and we tend to surround ourselves with purple, with purple, with people who have the same perspectives, certainly on political outlets, because it's so polarizing right now. If you said, I am a Trump fan to somebody and that other person is strongly in favor of Joe Biden or on the Democratic side, you may not even be able to talk to one another. You can't even comfortably say, I am a Trump fan, or I like Joe Biden. Which is crazy. Which is really crazy that you can't do that. So what we end up doing is we surround ourselves with people with whom we feel comfortable having conversations with. Then we end up reading newspaper. Well, no one reads newspapers anymore. Maybe, well, you do. But, but <laughs> I we go- read them online. Yeah, we read them online. But, you know, whether it's the news stations you watch, the information, the headlines you get, the people you surround yourself with, and then you find these people that you like to follow their writings. And then you see, oh, who are they listening to? And this confirmation bias exists that you're just not hearing the other side because someone said that Trump is going to be a dictator, for instance, when he gets into office, and that Biden is just too damn old to be, you know, in office. I think both of those things are misrepresented. But someone picks up a headline like that and the story carries. You can see how easy it is to just make the top of the headline list. I mean, look look at how this whole Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey thing has become the conversation. Look, the most important conversation after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, uh, won the champ- AFC Championship on Sunday was... Will Taylor Swift be able to make it to the Super Bowl after she performs in Japan? There was this whole, there was this whole conversation about um, somebody was bringing out their high school uh, algebra to do the calculations as to how long it was going to take her to fly from Japan due to the time difference and what time she could arrive in Las Vegas. And I can tell you, um, when you leave Japan and you fly back to Boston you actually arrive at the before same you time left, you leave. Pretty much at yeah, the same time yeah. you left. It's a couple, couple of minutes before you left. Yeah. It's, so. But, the, but it, what's so fascinating is how something becomes news so quickly on the stupidest little headline. Right. Someone said something, and all of a sudden it just, just you know, Absolutely. extrapolates out there and goes all over the place. And that we all have the tendency to read people who agree with us That's and right. our opinions. And we have to be very careful of that because it has gotten so extreme. Remember, the new right. people that watch the news, if you watch the news right now, you're I not getting news. news. Ever. You're, you're being entertained. Yes. Because no one will tell you about all the flights that landed safely at Logan Airport yesterday. What? That's not news. Right. It's not exciting to anybody, That's right? That's right. All right. So today we've talked about the impact of the bonds, 
uh, how a lowering a, a, an environment where interest rates lower will be favorable for bonds. I do want to say one yeah, other thing please. about um, Gargi. She pointed out that the economy is still growing. It's growing very nicely and it's still strong and unemployment is very low. So we are still living in a very good economic environment. Then why is it that the news and headline says the economy is bad? That's exactly right. And even though you know all this stuff that you read, the, the reality is, yes, there are some people that aren't working. Yes, there are some people that have faced hardship. And I believe that's always the case. But in general, in the US, we're living in a good economic environment. Absolutely, so pretty much this, this radio, this this show, this podcast has been about some really good news. Yeah, it's right? the Goldilocks economy, it, right? It really is. You know, <laughs> not too hot, not too cold. Yep. Everything's looking good for this year. We're happy about bonds. We're excited about the stock market. Absolutely. The presidential election isn't going to matter. So just continue to do what you're doing. Get out and vote when the time comes to vote. Right. Your voice does matter. And enjoy life. I would, I would second that um, opinion. So all right. All sounds good to me. And if you're struggling to try to f- figure out how to do that or you just want to make things a little bit better, I hope you'll reach out to us, Friedman Financial. If you'd like to get some more information about our firm, schedule a free initial consultation to get your financial house in order and to set yourself in a course for a successful number of years, decades ahead, whether it's retirement or whatever it is you choose to do, give us a call, 978-531-8108. That's 978-531-8108. 531-8108 or visit us on the web. That's FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's in a D. Financial.com. That's going to do it for us today. Have a great day. We'll be back again next week with more financial advice in a language you can understand. Bye-bye. Bye. During today's Dollars and Cents episode with Freeman Financial, your host may have discussed specific financial planning and investment ideas that are for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please remember that investing involves risk and may include loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planner professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.